0: Okay, it's 4 o'clock. I'm calling the meeting to order. Uh, Trustee Lawrence? Uh, Here.
1: Trustee Banerjee? Trustee DeVries? Present. Trustee Hernandez? Trustee Jensen? Trustee Luganani? Present. Trustee Miller? Trustee Varney? Here. Trustee Zorthian? Here. We have a quorum.
0: I think before I open the meeting, the board is going to adjourn into closed session. And uh, we are going to, according to our laws, we are going to discuss conference with a labor negotiator and pending litigation. And so we will adjourn back into open session after close. So um, I adjourn this meeting to closed session. Would you please report out?
2: Yes. Uh, So the board met in closed session uh, with their labor negotiator, and there was also a report on pending litigation, and the board did not take action that requires reporting at this time.
0: Thank you. Um, Before I ask for public comment, I really would like to introduce uh, my pleasure. great pleasure is to introduce our new CEO and to present him with this. This is a uh, bottle of champagne, (laughs) one to... um, so that you survived your first closed session, your yes. next board meeting, and you can either drink it tonight or celebrate the fact that you have come, or midway through, um, but to celebrate the fact that you have joined a very a wonderful organization, and I think we're very proud to have, you, to have you here and expect great things. So thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you so much.
0: Okay, are there any public comments? No comments for the public, very good. Then we will go to uh, the next item on the agenda is the president's report. Uh, Mine will be very, very brief. Uh, I just wanted to let the board know that I received a communication from the county staff, uh, specifically I believe from supervisor Chan and they are very interested in putting together a com- combination uh, board and supervisor joint meetings they would like right now the planning is to have four of those over the next few months um, I believe that the supervisors are interested in having a um, having a joint meeting in which week c- we as two governance bodies can really kind of come together to understand our mutual requirements and the governance structure. Um, I do know, having had conversations with Supervisor Chan and others at the county, that they're also looking at modifications of our bylaws and some of the governance structures. And if you'll note on our agenda today, I've made a point to tell you that I think we have some some contradictions both from our our bylaws and from our operating procedures that we're going to need to straighten out. Um, TOMORROW, um, DEL Vecchio AND I WILL BE JOINING SUPERVISOR CHAN FOR A MEETING TO TALK FURTHER ABOUT THIS ISSUE AND I SUSPECT LOOKING OVER THE, uh, um, the AGENDA FOR A JOINT MEETING. SO THAT'S MY REPORT. <coughs> AND THE C- CEO REPORT, PLEASE.
4: OKAY. Uh, APOLOGIES IN ADVANCE THAT MY REPORT IS NOT NEARLY AS uh, CONCISE uh, AND Succinct. Uh, uh, but I'll, I'll take a note of for the future, uh, and I will actually truncate what I, some of what I was intending to say, but I do want to say on, on this, my, my first CEO report, I, I wanted to start by... Uh, um, taking the point of personal privilege to, to extend some thank yous. Uh, first to uh, the Board of Trustees for uh, your vote of confidence in me uh, and uh, the opportunity to lead uh, what I agree is a very wonderful and uh, vitally important organization for, for this community. Uh, very excited about that. I don't take the charge uh, lightly. Uh, and I look forward to working with uh, the leadership here, uh, the board obviously, uh, our external uh, stakeholders and partners, and, as, and obviously, the employees who uh, uh, have have really been committed to the mission of this organization and, and our vision of you know eliminating disparities, promoting wellness, and uh, uh, providing uh, and, and uh, um Facilitating health for those diverse communities that we serve, so I'm very excited about the opportunity. I wanted to thank you for that. I also wanted to, uh, to thank, thank the executive leadership and the staff for the very warm welcome I've had over the past couple of weeks. Um, both for what I call the sort of planned and 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 uh, scheduled uh, visits that I've had, and and my what I refer to as get lost and see who who I find and meet uh, mm-hmm. uh, occasions. Uh, people have been very very warm and welcoming to me, uh, and uh, very open about what they see as the the uh, Real jewels of this organization, as well as the opportunities, and and that's very, very helpful. Uh, I would also parenthetically say that I attempted to do some of this uh, rounding uh, prior to my start, uh, uh, but the security at both San Leandro and Highland uh, were pretty effective at thwarting my efforts to (laughs) get by them. Uh, (laughs) They appropriately and politely redirected me to areas that I was supposed to be in, so uh, they passed the test. uh, So, so that was great. I finally want to just say thank you to a special thank you to, uh, A lot of people in the organization who have uh, really stepped up to the plate during uh, some uh, uh, transitions that have happened recently, uh, particularly in the executive leadership team, Uh, I feel like a lot of the team members have coalesced uh, around one another to make sure that the business of the organization uh, continues uh, as seamlessly as possible. And a special thank you to our acting clerk of the board, uh, Susanna Flores, uh, who has really stepped in and uh, in the departure of our our excellent uh, clerk, uh, former clerk, Marla Cox, and, and Provided a near seamless transition, uh, which is particularly impressive given all the transitions happening both within the leadership and and with our board. So, uh, thank you, Susanna. We we appreciate your service. Um, so, with that, I'd like to just say a few quick comments uh, or a few uh, quick updates that are around our. Uh, um, our pillars and uh, our uh, strategic priorities for the year uh, that may have occurred since the last time the board convened. So, uh, some of these uh, I will try not to be too redundant because you're hearing earlier or, or again later. Um, uh, in the sustainability pillar, uh, uh, David Cox will update the the board on our fiscal year-to-date performance through July. Uh, but I want to commend David, the finance staff, and the rest of the organization on their. DILIGENT EFFORTS TO uh, right OUR FINANCIAL SHIP AND TO ASSURE THE ABILITY uh, OF THE ORGANIZATION TO FULFILL OUR MISSION. Uh, I'D ALSO LIKE TO JUST uh, POINT OUT ONE OF THE NOTES IN uh, TERRY LIGHTFOOT'S uh, update uh, the legislative affairs update that, that we are working um, very closely with our partners in the California Association of Public Hospitals in the state of California on our uh, eleven 1115 waiver renewal with with the federal government. Uh, the The negotiations have actually been progressing along a pretty. Um, um, uh, TIMELY PACE, uh, SO THERE'S AN OUTSIDE CHANCE THAT WE'LL ACTUALLY GET IT DONE BEFORE THE CURRENT WAIVER uh, SUNSETS, WHICH IS THE END OF OCTOBER. Uh, BUT THERE'S ALSO STILL THE POSSIBILITY THAT THAT MIGHT NOT OCCUR. BUT A LOT OF a lot of EFFORT TAKING PLACE ON THAT, uh, WHICH AS YOU KNOW IS VERY IMPORTANT TO US uh, uh, IN TERMS OF OUR SUPPLEMENTAL FUNDING AND OUR ABILITY TO KEEP OUR FINANCIAL SHIP MOVING IN THE RIGHT DIRECTION. Uh, in engagement, just to let uh, the board know, uh, and some of the HR committee knows that we're in the midst of our pulse check uh, employee engagement survey, uh, and we will use this survey to get a sense of you know kind of present time where uh, the employee, the the collective sense of employee engagement is relative to our overall goals, and certainly use it as a uh, springboard for our f- uh, full survey, which will occur at the uh, the near the end of the fiscal year, so uh, early 2016, uh, and and. Uh, AND MAKE SURE THAT WE'RE MOVING IN THE RIGHT DIRECTION IN THAT AREA AS WELL. Uh, I SHARE WITH THE BOARD, AND THIS IS UNDER ACCESS, I SHARE WITH THE BOARD LAST FRIDAY THAT WE ACHIEVED A uh, MILESTONE IN OUR PARTNERSHIP WITH THE COMMUNITY HEALTH uh, CLINICS NETWORK IN THE COUNTY, um, WHERE WE HAVE, uh, FOR THE FIRST TIME, uh, UNDER THE LEADERSHIP OF uh, GUY Quisgard AND A LOT OF OTHER PARTNERS IN, in, his, in THE AMBULATORY AREA AND OTHERWISE, uh, PROVIDED TO THEM uh, A REALLY COMPREHENSIVE LIST OF OUR SPECIALTY SERVICES, uh, PARTICULARLY THOSE THAT HAVE um, Pretty good access, so helping to facilitate the uh, the uh, patients who are uh, seeking services in their federally qualified health centers getting access to the specialty services they need. Uh, this monthly update that we'll be providing to them includes uh, location and dates and times of this particular clinics that we have where we have access, primary points of contact to facilitate more seamless communication, uh, and the physicians providing the services in each of those specialties and the approximate timeline for the next available appointment. Uh, THIS IS THE FIRST TIME WE'VE BEEN ABLE TO DO THIS. IT'S A VERY ROBUST EFFORT uh, AS as MAYBE uh, OVERLY SIMPLIFIED AS THAT, that DESCRIPTION SOUNDS. Uh, BUT WE'LL BE CONTINUING TO PARTNER WITH THEM AND REFINE THAT OVER TIME AGAIN TOWARDS ONE OF OUR uh, MAIN um, uh, STRATEGIC PRIORITIES AROUND ACCESS FOR, for OUR COMMUNITY. Um, Alameda Health Partners, our our physician organization, is uh, at the point of being ready to to begin operations. Uh, The new timeline for that is November 1st. Uh, We are preparing the employment proposals now for the first cohort of physicians who we hope to uh, be bringing in. That will be about eight physicians. So we're working on salary and benefit uh, rates uh, that are pursuant to conversations we're already holding with those those, uh, targeted providers Uh, that will be comparable to their current employment uh, relationships under AHS. As a part of this, the management is uh, is ready to establish a replacement benefits uh, program in addition to operational systems, and you'll hear about what that is one of the action items for today. Um, We're starting to launch our strategic planning effort later this week uh, in collaboration with uh, MedAssets, a company called SG2. So you'll be hearing a lot more about that over the course of the fiscal year. But just to let you know, that's uh, that's uh, about to begin in earnest. Uh, And then, um, obviously, uh, Dave Gravender with with uh, and his partners would uh, frown on me if I didn't mention ICD 10. Uh, so, as you know, there's been a lot of work uh, around. Um, uh, GETTING READY FOR THIS TRANSITION uh, FOR THE SYSTEM, uh, BOTH WITH TRAINING AND SYSTEM READINESS AND OUR, our OWN INTERNAL CAPABILITIES to, TO MAKE A SEAMLESS TRANSITION THAT uh, WILL MITIGATE ANY SORT OF RISK TO OUR uh, CODING COMPLIANCE AND BILLING PROCESSES FOR THE ORGANIZATION. SO WE'RE EXCITED ABOUT WHERE WE ARE THERE, STILL KIND OF DOING SOME LAST MINUTE uh, FINAL WORK WITH ALL OF OUR PHYSICIAN COLLEAGUES AND OTHERS, uh, BUT we're, WE'RE TRACKING TOWARDS BEING READY TO, to GO LIVE ON OCTOBER 1ST uh, UNDER THIS NEW uh, CODING SYSTEM. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, THE LAST THING I WANT TO uh, uh, SAY IS I'M REALLY look- LOOKING FORWARD TO OUR FIRST BOARD RETREAT, WHICH IS GOING TO OCCUR NEXT MONTH, um, uh, pursuant TO MY INDIVIDUAL DISCUSSIONS WITH ALL OF YOU, WHICH I APPRECIATE YOU TAKING THE TIME TO uh, uh, SHARE WITH ME uh, SOME OF YOUR your OWN THOUGHTS AND IDEAS, AND I KNOW WE HAVE ONE OR TWO MORE REMAINING, uh, BUT uh, but PARTICULARLY YOUR IDEAS AROUND MAKING THE BOARD RETREAT A VERY VALUE-ADDED uh, uh, ENGAGEMENT AND USE OF YOUR TIME. Um, THE LEADERSHIP, I'VE SHARED THAT WITH OUR LEADERSHIP TEAM, AND WE'VE COME UP WITH A PROPOSAL for. Uh, for your consideration, that I'll be sending to you later this week, including uh, some of the main elements of the board retreat. It'll include things like obviously, uh, uh, one of the big things is a closed session between uh, this board and me regarding my own uh, performance expectations and a process around doing performance uh, uh, measurement. Um, uh, broader things around board governance and really talking about some of the challenges that we're looking at in our fiduciary or you will be looking at in your fiduciary responsibilities, particularly in the areas of quality and risk or compliance, such as say. Uh, looking at communication and collaboration, and continuing some of the great work you've already been doing around making sure both, sort of as a individual unit, we are we're tracking in the right direction in collaboration with the executive leadership, and obviously to your point earlier with the board of supervisors, um, uh, board goals and expectations that might actually uh, further align with the uh, strategic priorities and goals that you've approved for the organization for this fiscal year, uh, and and potentially if you're open to it, a board evaluation process, which is sort of a best practice for. FOR HIGH PERFORMING BOARDS WHERE YOU REFLECTIVELY LOOK AT SOME OF THE GOALS THAT YOU SET OUT, SOME OF THE GOALS YOU SET OUT FOR US AND HOW YOUR uh, GOVERNANCE uh, uh, ROLE HAS FACILITATED YOUR ABILITY TO DO THAT AND OUR ABILITY TO ALLOW YOU TO GIVE YOU WHAT YOU NEED TO DO THAT EFFECTIVELY. Uh, there'll be a board planning calendar. There will be uh, uh, probably more discussions around how we implement some of the decisions you may make today around transitions to to how the board, uh, um, the committee structure, and your meetings uh, go. Uh, and then, uh, if again, if you're interested, a targeted education session. So we're not overly educating you or or uh, um, what is it called? Uh, death by PowerPoint. We don't want to do that to you. But but if there are some real topics that don't lend themselves to maybe a 30-minute. OR 45-MINUTE or PRESENTATION at A BOARD MEETING THAT YOU WANT TO DEEPER DIVE INTO we WILL PRESENT SOME IDEAS FOR YOUR CONSIDERATION FOR YOU TO SAY, YOU KNOW, I'd LIKE A DEEPER PRESENTATION THAT LENDS ITSELF TO A, um, a THOUGHTFUL BOARD DISCUSSION uh, uh, AFTERWARDS AROUND ONE OF THE PRIORITIES OR KEY AREAS OF, of, of uh, OPPORTUNITY FOR THE ORGANIZATION. THAT'S PRETTY MUCH IT. THERE'S SOME NUANCES AROUND HOW WE AFFECT THAT, WHETHER IT'S ONE DAY OR A DAY AND A HALF uh, THAT WE'D LOVE TO uh, FOLLOW UP ON WITH YOU SO I'LL SEND THIS TO YOU uh, AND MADAM CHAIR uh, or Madam President as a uh, as a uh, way to further this effort uh, with your concurrence. We'd love if there are board members who are particularly motivated by this. Um, um, the participation of one or two and sort of the final uh, preparations for this would be very helpful. That's great.
0: Um, I, I think you've outlined things that this board has talked about and desired for a while. And so you seem to be right on the mark. Uh, I did ask Maria Hernandez, who has worked significantly with other CEOs about a 360 evaluation process and other things and she's she's willing to be be one of the point persons for you to, to contact and because I'm going to be gone from next Wednesday until the 17th of October I won't be available so is there anyone else who would like to be involved in working with Maria and Del Vecchio on the t- retreat planning great thank you Uh, Thank you. So you have your two. Thank you very much. Uh Thank you
4: No, that concludes my report. Thank you
0: great then uh, we'll move to the consent uh, Agenda and what I'd like is a motion to approve before we begin a discussion Um, Can thank you Okay Um, Are there items that need to be pulled out specifically for further discussion?
5: is all of the items on the consent agenda?
0: Yeah, the con- there, it's on the addendum. So if you look at the addendum um, on the consent with contracts.
5: Let's see. I, I, had,
0: Do we have que- policies? I had
5: questions about a couple of them.
0: Okay, well, pull, pull what we could do is identify the ones that you have, oops, that's me, identify the ones you have questions with, and we'll pull them and approve the others. So. Okay, well, I had
5: questions with respect to number two. Okay. Um, I was going to, let's see, uh, with respect to number four. Four. And... Sorry, right, there's seem to be, my pages might seem to be out of order here. Maybe not. Um, sorry, my pages are out of order. Can I just look over your shoulder? Here? Sure. Thanks. Maybe not. Um. I think I think that's it. And we're not doing action items, that's a separate? No. Uh, okay. Yeah, so just those two. And they're just very brief questions that uh, I have.
0: Okay. So we have uh, item number two and four being pulled. Can Are there any others that need further discussion? Okay. May I have, uh, I'd like to have a motion then to, I think we have a motion on the table excluding those two. Um, All in favor of passing, except item two and four, we will come back for discussion on those. Opposed? Okay, Uh, your question on item two?
5: Okay. Um, So I I was just curious, what is the, um, um, this seems to be a fairly significant um, uh, committee and so I just wanted to Make sure we understood the responsibility that um, for the trustee. <laughs> it's I'd I'd be scared it's, of that responsibility. It's
6: significant, and we discussed it in human resources, but it's I wouldn't say it's as as a significant um, in comparison to the finance committee or something like that. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the committee that the board is required to be represented on the committee that. Makes the investments for the the um, self-funded um, retirement funds, so it's for the AHS self-funded retirement funds, and needs to have a board member.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Okay. Whether you think that's significant or
5: okay, so are you so you, are you making actual investment decisions with the with or no?
6: Not no, the, the, as I understand it, um, and having also being a participant in several. Um, Self-funded and four oh one five oh one C threes and four oh one Ks. This is the panel of investments and Jeanette couldn't explain it better, but this is the panel of investments that are being made, the options for employees.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, since um since we assumed responsibility for the four fifty-seven B retirement savings account in the 403B retirement savings account and subsequently um, established our own um, our own retirement plan for unrepresented employees and some employees from San Leandro and Alameda Hospital our um, our pension attorney advised us that best practice would be to conduct our quarterly investment committee meetings which we've had for over five years um, following the Brown Act public public meetings in that in that would be helpful for us to have to have a member of the board of trustees serving on that committee with us as part of part of their oversight role, um, we have um, we meet with Prudential that manages most of our retirement accounts as well as, as our as our um, our pension broker, and we review the performance of every mutual fund that's in that's in our portfolio on a quarterly basis and make decisions on. On Any that should be on the watch list or or that that we should replace with with something else You know based on based on performance, so that's what the investment Committee does and trustee Jensen volunteered to serve with us on this committee okay.
5: And then I noticed there's an executive officer director from outside is there someone named for the, there's a fifth director here.
1: We we haven't we haven't named the named the fifth person yet Okay
5: and is there any report back to this? Is entirely independent of this board. This board, correct, correct. correct. Okay. okay, thank you.
0: Any additional questions? And then can I have an, uh, a motion to approve the appointment of Tracy Jensen to the AHS Investment Committee?
8: I, I move that. Okay.
0: Second.
5: I'll second that.
0: Thank you. All in favor? Great. Um, item number four: You had questions approval of the medical staff organizational policies and procedures.
5: Right. So that was an extremely long document that I will admit to um, that, that was too daunting for me. I think it was 826 pages long, the addendum. Yes. Okay. What? Well over 800 pages. Um, so um, barring reading every single word, um, has I was just curious, has an appropriate level of, I mean, h- how is it determined that these were the right Policies and procedures in the right place; that they're being followed up on, and made sure that they're, you know,
0: well, you know, a, a, I, adhered to. <laughs> you know, Barry, do you? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you want yeah. to? I would be
9: happy to. Or would uh, ask here
0: to? Uh, sure. E- either one, but if you'll notice, if you'll read Barry's uh, mm-hmm. QPS report, it's, it spells out a little bit.
1: Yeah, a, I did. So I just want to hear a little bit more. Okay, sure. Yeah.
10: policy and procedure um, review processes that each of the three licensed um, medical, I mean, three of the the three hospitals have separate policy and procedure review processes. And then there is an overarching clinical policy and procedure review committee. So what happens is most of the policies that you see right now are um, from San Leandro. So when we acquired San Leandro, there was a referendum that was put forward, so we just accepted all of their policies and procedures. In preparation for the Joint Commission, there was a team that worked at San Liango um, that included um, leadership, quality, um, multidisciplinary teams, so they went through all of the different policies and procedures that we knew that would be needed for the Joint Commission, mm-hmm. looked at all the different standards. All of the policies and procedures go to that policy and procedure at San Liango. Go to the medical staff, and they're discussed there. So I, I go to the medical mm-hmm. executive committee. So there is some back and forth, pharmacies included when it's appropriate, and then when the MEC approves them, then they come up through this committee. The same is true at Alameda mm-hmm. and at um, at Highland Core. Okay. So there's it's a it's a pretty rigorous review process.
5: Okay, and it sounds like then the the joint that the joint commission is effectively the standard setter. Is that?
10: So, so they do. St- that, that, um, that's sets, sort of the. That's sort of the. So yeah. So there's a variety of things gravity. depending on the policy. What we mm-hmm. do is, um, we would go and we would look at the evidence-based literature to see what are people doing across the country. Um, if, it, for example, if it was a pharmacy policy, um, the pharmacists would be involved with that. We would look to see, you know, what is happening out in the community or across the nation with that policy. We would look at the Joint Commission standards related to that policy in Title 22 then the pharmacist would look at their practice, they would get consensus, it would go to Pharmacy and Therapeutics Committee, go to the Medical Executive Committee. Oftentimes there's back and forth between the two.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: And then once it gets approved at MEC, it's ready for review here.
5: Okay. And then how do we make sure that we're following the policies and procedures?
10: Um, so an so that's a really good question. What happens um, is that once the policies are reviewed, Um, the grid that you get so what you get in that grid in essence is the the policy and the policy is really very basic principles around our philosophy for how we approach the procedure which the board really doesn't need to approve are those operational processes Mm -hmm. that we put into place to make sure the policy is is practiced. so once the policies and procedures are reviewed there is a committee that has nursing education on it that has um, um, if it's medical staff related, then we pull in the medical staff director. So if there's educational needs, then we would pull in the educational, um, the uh, department of education. So it's, it's complex, but the policies, once they're approved here, a notice goes out, is sent across the organization. These are all the policies that um, were approved, and they go to all the appropriate departments. Then they're uploaded on policy tech. And we, we upload that list on the poli- up onto the internet so people know what are the new policies and what changes might need to happen.
5: Okay. And then, and then, and then you have a way to make sure that people stay, individuals stay up to date and know so, what so, policies.
10: So depending on the policies, if there's a major change in a mm-hmm. policy, then that would be something we would work with nursing education or medical staff around a practice change. So that might require some insurfing or a competency. Um, but for the most part, most of the policies might be small tweaks. Mm-hmm. But it's really a rigor every three years to make sure that what we have is meeting current standards of practice um, and Joint Commission standards. Okay. Thank you. You're
9: welcome. Thanks,
10: There are um, regulatory expectations that
11: the Board mm-hmm. approve policies. And so we need to have evidence that we have done that, right. and QPSC actually, you know, we spend a lot of time discussing yeah. what is our expertise to be able to uh, um, approve policies that are about things that we don't know anything about. Wow. And um, so one of the things that we try to do is look at that little grid at the bottom of each policy that says which um, special committees it has been through and been vetted mm-hmm. by uh, pharmacy, and, pharmacy and Therapeutics or by the Critical Care Committee or by the, you know, whichever seems to be relevant. That. Four hundred pages of a wound care manual that you saw for mm-hmm. the wound center in Alameda is a nationally published uh, mm-hmm. manual that they use because and they have the expertise and we have to kind of assume that they know what they're doing on some level. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that you know, we go through that kind of thinking process at each meeting because it's, yeah, well, it's, a, it's a big deal. <laughs> so
5: I just wanted I just wanted to ask a few basic questions to assure. Those are those are
0: yeah, yeah no those were great questions uh, Jim, and Jim and they're the same kind of questions that we ask at QPSC. so yeah. the whole board yeah no I, I so. appreciate it and one of the co- one of the concerns that we have had as a committee particularly lay the lay people on the mm-hmm. committee. Um, is is it okay for us to accept the policies given the fact they've gone through all these processes rather than approve? And it's just a language issue um, mm-hmm. in as much as I couldn't tell you how to inject somebody, but um, I can punch them, but I don't want to inject them. Um, so, yeah. Um, at, at any rate, they were good questions. Yeah, okay. okay. So would you like to make a motion?
5: I will move that we... Um, Approve is is that the verb we're using? Mm -hmm. Approve these policies and procedures.
0: Second. Great, thank you. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Perfect. Okay. um, We're open for the action item, and that item is relative to the vacant positions on uh, on our board. And if I can find the item here, Um, if you'll notice. this was coming from your chair. And in part, um, I wanted, I was concerned because I was going. And um, while the time is short between now and January, I wanted to make certain that I didn't leave anybody, you know, the organization in a lurch because we didn't have a vice president or any of the other officers yet. So I. I asked about uh, this, and then also, if you'll notice, I put in some suggestions about reorganization, and so I'd really like to talk first about um, the chair and the office officers. Um, do I have a motion here for, to open this up for discussion?: Yeah, it's open for discussion. So yes, please. I do have
11: a question uh, by the fact that um, Trustee Miller is one of the um, candidates. I'm assuming that this means that we're going to have another election in, in the end of December or January, that this is kind of a temporary? Um, or you're suggesting this as a temporary?
0: Um, our re or, Yes, and only because I didn't want to try to get us out of sync. Our, in our bylaws talks about a January reorganization meeting Mm -hmm. in which we put together um, a slate of officers. In the past, we've had the governance committee bring those nominations forward. If you'll notice on the agenda tonight in the change of committee structure, I'm suggesting that we we don't necessarily need a governance committee and so we could form an ad hoc committee who can bring items to the floor and I'm still very much in favor of nominations not only coming as a slate but also open to other suggestions from from the floor at the time so that we have open discussion about who should serve in in these capacities. So I was thinking that really it was a short term assignment.
11: I'm just wondering if we actually need to do this.
0: there's nothing that says you have to, I mean, we could wait until January. I was just worried that Del Vecchio, if he needed some, you know, I, I, yeah, that's what I was worried about, is not not to leave, the, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be gone for three weeks, I wanted to make certain that there was somebody that mm-hmm. he could rely on, and I mean, it can be any one of the, the chairs of the committee, or it can be our past president, so it doesn't necessarily have to, so... If the board wants to delay this, we can certainly do that. It it was more a very selfish issue, because I did not want to leave things in a lurch. Yeah.
5: I, I mean, well, I was going to, I mean, I was kind of in the, why don't we just do this once? And so I was going to move that we postpone this discussion or this election until, I guess, December, when we would lose the immediate past president. That's right. Or he would, so maybe we do the, we, we postpone this discussion until December. At the reorganization, just get it done once and be done uh, with it. Uh,
0: that, so all, all you would need, if that's the board's pleasure, all you would need yeah. is a motion to table, and we can yeah. bring back in at yeah. that time. Well, actually, I uh, think oh, it's a move to, I'll move to table it. But I would also
6: suggest, to your point, um, the president's point that that either um, trustee Luganini or trustee Devries depending on the issue, if there are an HR issue or a finance issue mm-hmm. that needs board input while you're gone, that he work with those, one of those two individuals. Um,
5: I, I, I would serve at Del Vecchio's pleasure, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or at the board's pleasure, at the board's pleasure <laughs> and need.
8: <laughs> President Lawrence, you, you can't leave town. <laughs>
5: well, uh, well you 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 will be fitted with your um uh, well,
0: locator bracelet. Well, it's so bracelet. nice that, that I'm that you guys, yeah, that's not what you said last month, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so something what has the? changed here. Yeah, it was very So
6: I'll move that we table this until um our regular meeting to appoint officers. Yeah.
5: I'll
11: second.
2: Well, in it's it's a it's a motion to postpone. Yeah. yeah, it's a motion to postpone until a time certain. So yeah. Uh, not table. Yeah. Not table. That's yeah. correct.
6: Thank you. I move that this item be postponed to the January board
2: meeting. And I second. It, just.
8: Yeah, I just just clarification. I'll ask our council. I mean, a. I'm not entirely sure what the secretary does, and b. I'm what, I'm curious. What function could possibly be necessary that. Could't occur if, uh, if President Lawrence is not here like are we making a mistake by tabling this I guess that's the question um,
2: you know I, I don't know of any particular situation or circumstance off the top of my head that you know, necessarily requires a single officer to take any particular action. Um, you know there is still possibility of you know the board itself meeting um, in special or emergency session if in fact there was some action that needed to be taken um, and such a call could be made by any member of the board um, and you know under the regular rules of procedure you could proceed without the president or an officer if they were not available for such a meeting
3: Trustee Banerjee yeah I, I think the the need for this was in context with uh, number two, which is like doing away with some of the committees and the committee restructuring, especially if governance is going and some of the others, then having an executive committee that that uh, takes on a lot of the responsibilities of the governance committee is crucial. So I think that while we can agree to table, let's move on to yes. uh, uh, mm. two and see how that plays on in context with the school. Committee restructuring.
0: Okay. So I got the consensus from the board that we're going to table this. Um, postpone. I mean, postpone it. Excuse me. Yeah. The clarity. We're going to postpone it until a January meeting. Okay. Fine. Pull it off the agenda. Then, then let's move to the uh, item of the reorganization and the consideration of of the committee work. I hope that you had an opportunity to review this. <laughs> Um, and so I'd like to open it up for discussion.
8: I have, I have an opening, very, you know, uh, personal issue. I, 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 like it, the, I like in general what you're proposing. I have a, a, a problem with the scheduling. And I'm, I would ask that if, if we could, and I'm not sure where the rest of the board is, but the, I have a, a, a commitment on the second and fourth Tuesdays at 6 o'clock that's standing. And if the full board can meet on the first and third and the committees could meet on the second and fourth, personally it would be much better for me. Um, and, and so I'll just, I'll just put that out there. If in fact we adopt this structure, that's, that's why I often have to run out the door uh, uh, for my, my other responsibilities. So if we're blowing up the schedule anyway as we put it back together, that would be my first request. Um, the only other comment I have for the moment is I I, I fully support Eliminating the Governance Committee, I, I agree that, that there's ad hoc work that can be done there. Um, I guess I, I would want to talk a little bit more about the Human Resource Committee, just because we did a lot of heavy lifting recently. And um, I'm not sure if that was unique to our, the situation we were in, because we were in such a unique situation, or <coughs> if that will continue. When I was asked to chair that committee, I was told it was easy and you'd meet quarterly. And that was not true Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, so I just want to put that out there but but generally I I like this plan and I think the idea of having all of us more connected by meeting as a full board more often makes a lot of sense
0: well could could we take this in part and let's start with your first issue relative to the meeting schedule so does that pose problems for the organization or for other board members? Will you look at your calendars and can that, Anthony? You have an issue.
9: Well, I have a meeting the first Tuesday of every month. Oh. Yeah.
11: And I have and a something I do every Tuesday, so I, I just miss it when we have you know so. Yeah, and and, and I have
5: the the third Tuesday problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What uh, <laughs> Wednesdays are great. <laughs>
0: This is, this is this is the yeah this is the fourth
5: maybe we could start earlier or would be great or maybe at the risk of um earlier would be great 30 really, well my yeah i mean my 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 third tuesday problem is an out of town one so huh. yeah
8: i think if we are efficient and we were to start at 3 or 3.30, that would be fine. I, I don't think we'll mm. be staying much past, mm. I think if, if we oh, can so do, it, if we do what we need issue. to do in two two hours that would, if we're meeting twice a month, I imagine we'll be able to.
0: Uh, I, I think we will. I think part of the issue has been that some of the presentations have been quite lengthy and we ask questions as we should. And if we can take some of those deeper dives and put them on another meeting, then the business meeting could go pretty quickly. Um, so that's the theory behind that. Um, but we could move this if it works with you to move it up to. Can you get here by three?
5: Well, I'm sorry. On well, um, th- the we're
0: keep we're keeping the meetings basically the way they. So we're adding we're adding the second Tuesday is
11: basically yeah. what we're doing. I'm I'm and good with second and fourth Tuesdays. Every other so. Oh yeah. So this is tw- four times as many meetings, almost or not quite, but
8: yes,
0: but fewer committee meetings. Well,
8: and potentially shorter full board meetings, because we do regurgitate a lot of what happens at the committee. Right. Um, Does it all? Yeah. Do they
11: all have to be on Tuesdays?
5: Yeah, because I think your 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 issue is Tuesday period.
11: Yeah. Right? Oh. I'm. My life will survive. I'm just asking if there are other ways to accomplish this. I'd like
12: what people could do. Yeah.
4: Okay.
0: We could do a, one of those monkey survey issues
4: and I was ahead. I was going to say yeah survey Monkey or doodle is a, a yeah. one I know boards use a lot to kind of align uh, uh, multiple schedules with a couple of uh, options uh, what I was proposing earlier was subject to the board's direction here we can Partner with you to kind of figure out uh, both with your schedules and, and with anything that we might not be able to anticipate in real time, um, how to align this in a way to execute essentially what you what, the direction you'd like to go in. Okay, I,
0: I think the only thing that I would um, and and that sounds that sounds fine. And so let's start with the concept. Is it okay with you for us to have these meetings? And Barry points out now now really we're having them twice a month. Is that is so, can I get can I get a commitment on that? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. And it's twice so a month I, every month, correct? Twice a month every month. So we've got a commitment on that. Then what we can do is to go. The only other thing is that we need to make certain, and I think this is for public, is to make certain once we decide is that you know that it's published agenda and we stick to that. So um, let's go back and and if you would assist us in doing that that doodle whatever it is and we'll look at that so good we've got a commitment that we're going to meet twice a month every month and um, we will do it which is where the majority of the board can participate
7: no.
0: great thank you okay so then now let's move to talk about the committee structure itself
12: so I, I did have a concern of also about removing HR um, it's so fundamental to operating an excellent facility. We are the people that we employ. I mean, that—that that is the way that we produce the results that we're looking for. And I think from just this last year, some of the issues that came up in HR, I don't think they came up in the Quality Committee. So where would those go? And um, that, that does concern me. Okay. Um, so in addition, if we could add to HR a little bit more focus on the diversity of our employees, then that would give it even more of a reason for existing, because I think we have homework there. Um, but I have no problem with reducing the committee size, especially governance. I agree with you that that could be handled ad hoc, partly, and then the executive committee should be doing what's originally part of governance. So. I have no disagreement there, but I'd like some consideration about HR not going away given the importance of what that group does.
8: And I had a weird thought on the way over. Is there a way we could merge the HR content with the quality committee uh, content? Because I know you're talking about renaming to medical credentialing and policy approval, but it it seems like the quality, Maybe, those, maybe there's a merge there. And, and, and is that something we could consider? Because we're talking about how we deal with our people, whereas like finances, we're dealing with finance. Audit, you're dealing with regulation and, and you know, both with quality and credentialing and HR, you're dealing with how we treat our employees and our providers and how we interact with them. Maybe, maybe they could be merged. Um, just a thought. Um,
5: it's, it's less strange once you explained it. <laughs>
11: And speaking of frequency, we, as we are currently structured, the credentialing piece of that needs to happen every month. So that's three times a month for some of us.
0: Um. Yeah. So that, that was part of the, the issue about the quality, is to make certain that they're because they, we, need to, we have to meet. But um, there, this is your structure. So if the board feels like the human resource should be in there, that now's the time to say we think that should stay. So, this is that's why this is here is for you to, to weigh in. And if you feel that that's important, and obviously the people who are on the human resources um, at, at the January meeting, there may be some changes because others might be interested in attending. But um, so I'm getting a sense if there are any objections to restoring the human resource committee Whoa. besides Jeanette Fading.
6: Before we, go, before we, I mean, I'd like to discuss it a little further. And I was actually, in terms of both um, the reduction of the the authority of the quality committee, the elimination of the strategic planning committee, and the elimination of the HR committee, and the I, those three things, those um, the re, the reduction in all of the quality activities, you know, the 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 kind of narrowing quality committee to credentialing is is one of the, the things that's on the agenda here that's under discussion, and then eliminating the other two committees. That uh, See that in the context, I see it in the context of, of the extra meeting every month, which would be looking at those issues that were in front of strategic planning, looking at those uh, deeper quality issues that we're having to do. Um, a review or there's something that's under, that's a, um, even, I could see even with HR, perhaps there would be contract issues that would have quality implications that are also being required by CMS. I mean, the, these are things that the whole entire board needs to hear about. And I, in my short time on the board, I found that, especially with HR, I, I hear a very robust information at HR and then it comes to the whole board and there's questions from the board saying, well, really, how is that happening or didn't we make this decision? And and there's so little time to understand all the technicalities. So I, my hope was and my thought was if this happened was that the second meeting, this this education meeting, would be an opportunity for the whole board to do what the committees are doing now.
0: That was my intent.
8: Okay. So as yeah. so, so, I understand you so, the content of HR would be vetted by the whole board at the full board meeting and, and thereby the, the higher frequency.
6: Right. To mer- yeah, to um, board member Hernandez's issue, it, for example, the I think that the entire board would really benefit from hearing about the employee engagement surveys mm-hmm. that are very interesting and, and there's lots of things going on, but the, the HR committee could spend an hour on it or, you know, half an hour and then it comes to this board, oh yeah, we heard about that, and, you know, okay, thank you. and. So I, similarly, I want to get rid of finance, but I guess that wouldn't really <laughs> work. But, and hear everything that you hear at every meeting. No, but you well, know that, be, that
5: Mr. Cox would be happy to sell you everything. <laughs>
6: but you know that's another. That's another issue. One. To hear everything. I mean, we when we hear there's so many. You can understand how that would be almost impossible because there's so many decisions and recommendations. But um, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully. If we have HR, at, at, you know, one month and strategic planning, one month and quality, and then certainly a huge dive into the budget, into quarterly or or more often about what it, what kind of decisions and what is inf- informing and influencing your decisions in the finance committee. So that's where I thought it would be beneficial as we, um, you know, we haven't. We're going to discuss this in a moment. I think the the board um, composition and and um, numbers but as we have a smaller board hopefully we'll be more nimble and we'll have more opportunity to really understand that what's going on in these committees right now and except for you know so there it would mean that we'd probably have longer closed sessions <laughs> but mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and as someone who was part of these discussions, the reason for the restructuring was really to elevate this, not because do away with these committees because they are not useful, but really because they need to be elevated. These discussions have to be something that the entire board engages in. So the devil is in the details, and as we move to transfer, and we did when we talked about the HR committee, we definitely did think about it, like the other some of the other work through the strategic planning we knew we could form small ad hoc groups and move and we want to keep as much of the HR in the in the sunlight as much as we can so we really want to you know and I think seeing how this moves and how all the balls that were held by the charges that were held by these committees can transition without losing any of the integrity and and the charge of that committee we've got to make that happen but it was really to elevate them to the full board
0: That really was the intention, and and having sat, I probably sit now on more committees than than any of you, not just because I've been here a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but what I have found is the absence of information when you don't go to one committee, and just as you say, that you're out of the loop, and then you meet somebody at the county or your constituents or people that you talk to, and you haven't any idea... About that issue, and I think it's it brings I think a lot of information to a board. It increases our knowledge when those important issues are much more discussed. And Maria's right about the issue of equity. We don't have that kind of discussion in an open meeting. You might have it in HR, but th- those are significant given given the community we support. And so um, that was the intention behind this, not to slight the information. So.
8: I- I'm, I'm sold. <laughs>
0: Thank
8: you, Joe. I have, let's
5: see, a question and, an <clears throat> and a proposal. Um, so I, I kind of gather that one of the assumptions here is that we'll probably have more ad hoc committees. And that's just,
0: yeah. is that correct? OK. Yeah, yes. Yeah. As, an example, as an example, we just created an ad, an ad hoc committee with Maria and Kin Kinney mm-hmm. to work with. Um, to work with Dalvecchio, the da- right. the upside of ad-, ad hoc is you don't have to do a Brown Act flyer, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. They can work together on the three of them get a date. I mean, the two of them get a date and it's set. So that's the mm-hmm. advantage, and I think it moves things along much faster. The requirement is that ad hoc comes back to the board to say this is what we would like to propose. So mm-hmm. it's not they're not operating in isolation, but rather. On behalf of the board coming back to the board, so right. that was the notion
5: and I think they're also you know they 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 sunset they're not as they don't they're not exactly standing right. committees and so the proposal, if you will um, you know with, with the you know with the with the committees that we have, I think we may it may almost be this way anyway but i i I think it would be very helpful to make sure that um, for example, if you look at the Finance Committee, that members of the Finance Committee, one way or the other, are sitting on all of the other committees so that there is some cross-pollination, if you will. OK. You know, so that um,
6: Well, that in this sense? case, uh, excuse me, I, I think in this case, if there is a Finance Committee and then the ad hoc committee, depending on what it was for, for example, the Retreat Committee may or may not yeah. need yeah, I'm
5: not thinking about the ad hoc committees. I'm just thinking about standing committees.
6: Well, the only other committee that, if if we agree to this, the only other committee would be standing committee would be quality. Well. Or cred- credentialing, yeah. right?
5: Audit. Well, well, and audit, audit. an audit. So. Well, oh, I think. So we have so there's finance,
6: executive, audit. Didn't we talk audit. about finance? Finance, the audit committee being. That's true.
5: Okay, you're being
6: the fi- being. You're
5: you're, you're right. Um, so. Well, then let's just, it's probably going to be easy to do, but let's just make sure that that occurs. But
6: quality would be one committee where finance wasn't on the credentialing committee necessarily. Mm-hmm. If it's
5: oh. I'm just thinking some members should be there so that, you know, so that we have a finance committee meeting and, and someone for quality says, you know, this is important and you should think about this too. And it's that kind of thing.
0: Yes. That, that, I think that's yeah. a good caution. The, the other thing Coordination. Is, is none of these Coordination. committees prohibit any board member from attending. So it, you 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 absolutely may attend, and um, they're brown act. They're open meetings, and so you have every right to attend any meeting that you wish. Okay. Any other any other Maria? Then are you okay if we if we move?
12: So let me just understand correctly. We're keeping the executive committee. Yes. And what's happening with audit and finance? Are we merging those? No, they have to be separate. They have to be yeah. separate. We're keeping quality.
0: Yes. For, and renaming it, as most hospitals have it renamed, uh-huh. to credentialing and... What is it? Policy and credentialing. Thank you.
11: And I would suggest that we might find a way to meet an hour before one of the other board meetings or something like that
12: that works well Mm -hmm. yeah good I have concerns I really do about the people part Um, I hear what you're saying that we should be able to talk about this as a full board meeting Uh, it just it just feels odd that we're not setting aside that regular standing committee to address people
0: Maybe one of the ways you could get at it if if the board wants to move in that direction and you're uncomfortable is to make certain that when we put together the calendar of uh, Items to be on that first meeting those in-depth things that you make certain that you look to see That there are human resource issues on that on that agenda
12: to that point, yes, I could be comfortable with that. And and if I'm understanding, the second meeting will not function like these meetings.
0: The, the second meeting will be more of a business meeting, the likelihood. What we'd like to be able to do is, is to minimize the overheads and the presentations right. and those kinds of things, but really deal with the business at hand and and save those more in-depth issues okay. for the first meeting. It's not always gonna be clean. It's yeah. not always gonna be clean. I mean, there'll be, there, there'll be lap over, I'm sure.
12: So can we try it for six months, and if we're not doing what we need to be doing, then people, we can go back? <laughs> then I'm for that. Thank you. I have a, <laughs> a
8: question. If we do this, what, will it take to create an ad hoc committee if an issue comes up that needs to be dealt with? Or that some board members feel need to be dealt with because of their more thorough knowledge of something like HR? Um, You know, will we have a mechanism or will will it require a a full vote vote? of this board to create an ad hoc committee, is that correct? No,
0: not necessarily. All you really need to do is the president, the president, an issue comes forward. And I can send out an email as one way to say, we have this issue. Anybody wish to volunteer to serve on an ad hoc committee to solve the whatever it is and report back to the board. And I get the names and and then I can do it that way. you can do it in this meeting, and we say, just as we did tonight, is there anybody who wants to serve on, and it can come, it can come that way. So it doesn't need a vote of the board, unless, of course, you as an individual have something that you'd like to say, I really need this studied. I'd like an ad hoc committee, and you present that to me, and I put it out to the board, and then they have the right to vote on it. The difficulty gets to be is when it becomes a board committee, it mm-hmm. falls into a yes. different issue of the Brown Act. Right. And so that's why an ad hoc committee has has some flexibility.
11: Yeah. I, I was sure. just going to ask, the uh, executive committee meets only when it's needed, right? Could you have a right. HR committee that meets only when it's needed? But, of course, you run into the public board, the public committee. Well, you, you could have that,
0: that ad hoc. Let's say there is a negotiation issue that's very hot and that and um, the HR c- department needs some board input, you could do it that way. So those are possibilities. If I'm off base here, you guys say so.
5: And, and I think the one other one, one limitation on an ad hoc committee is you obviously couldn't have a majority of the board. I mean, if everyone said they wanted to be on the, on the, right. com- on the ad hoc yeah. committee. Yeah.
8: Mm-hmm. so hmm. I don't think anyone's off base. I think we're just yeah. trying to... Try to flush it out just, this yeah, is this okay. is this is something the governance committee should be doing
5: <laughs> well hurry up Joe
6: <laughs> and, and I would just say also that um, Carla Denise will hopefully continue to be a resource and what ideally um King Kenny and I talked about this and, and Michelle as well but what I would hope to see would be that we would have some rolling type of schedule as we do in the committee so that we know that we're going to be talking about the um, these HR issues or the survey or or this type of thing, and then as we're informed and we have an opportunity as an entire board, then we might think, there, we might be thinking of uh, an ad hoc uh, issue to address something else that came up.
12: So, so the devil is in the detail. And I think that part of uh, our journey should be to look at how we behave with the additional uh, second meeting and how that's structured and whether that achieves your intentions. Uh, And all of us probably will champion different (laughs) issues. I certainly feel very much akin to, you know, what is happening for HR given how important it is to be really mindful of our people. And if I feel like we're not really addressing that in our meetings, I'm gonna speak up in a few months and say, "Mm, we're not doing that, so, is that okay? Absolutely.
5: Michelle, I have an idea. Why don't we ha- formally, you know, put on the calendar for, I don't know six months hence, to just Check ha- have, have a check-in and say, how are we doing on this?
0: Um, I, I know Del Vecchio wants to make a comment here, but I, I also want to in part why this came forward is I thought it was important <coughs> that this board had an idea of how you wish to be governed because there is talk outside of this organization on how we should be governed Mm -hmm. and I need to be able to go into a meeting with others to be able to say our board feels that this will work for us Uh, we would like to be able to to use this as the template now it may involve we do not have complete authority over over our our destiny here but uh, it seems to me that if we can agree together on how this ought to proceed, I think we have more power for negotiation when we're when we're together. Del Vecchio.
4: Thank you, uh, Trustee Lawrence. I, w- I was just going to say in, in response to uh, uh, the comment Trustee Jensen just made that one of the uh, um, ideas I was proposing that we'll talk about in the retreat planning is setting aside a portion of time to actually look at the details of how we would effect basically this proposed direction Mm -hmm. which could involve obviously (laughs) schedule coordination which we'll be working on as well as the topics for the educational uh, components of the board meetings uh, that we'll be doing over the course of the months uh, with an eye towards uh, various calendars that the committees have been putting together around what sort of milestone uh, things we have over the course of the year WHEN YOU WANT SOME EDUCATION ABOUT THAT, PHASING IT AND ALL, all THAT. SO we'll, WE'LL HAVE AN ATTEMPT TO KIND OF WORK ON THAT um, IN A PROTRACTED TIME PERIOD uh, um, THAT WE'LL SET ASIDE DURING THE RETREAT IF THE BOARD SO chooses. Okay. Um,
5: SO SEE so WE HAVE uh, FINANCE HERE EVERY THIRD TUESDAY. FROM A PERSONAL SCHEDULING POINT, EVERY THIRD TUESDAY IS PROBLEMATIC FOR ME. BUT ALSO I KNOW uh, DAVE AND I HAVE BEEN HAVING SOME you know, discussions about what's the right aligning the Finance Committee calendar with the accounting close. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just say, give us a little bit of flexibility to propose probably a slightly later date. Um, But we'll, I'll work with Dave on on Uh, that.
0: Well, I I think we should just add that into the doodle thing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I I get your point. And I I do think that, that put that out, because oftentimes, uh, your report because it's right next to the board yeah. meeting makes it very difficult. So we we can work something out So yeah. we'll look at the doodle for you as well. Okay, groovy. Okay, so uh, One more thing. I'm um, just to the
6: 40 staff and and other members of the in the audience here that one of the other ideas here and, and um, Goals is to reduce the number of people who work in the organization that feel like they have to come to committee meetings and board meetings and and you know just be here for hours, so if YOU KNOW, IF THERE'S A BOARD MEETING ON THE FIRST TUESDAY THAT'S JUST BEING a pr- or THE SECOND TUESDAY. THAT'S NOT, WHATEVER, THAT'S NOT RELEVANT TO, to um, FINANCE STAFF OR TO HR STAFF OR WHOEVER. They, that HOPEFULLY THOSE um, STAFF WON'T FEEL IT'S NECESSARY TO ATTEND, ALTHOUGH I KNOW IT'S FASCINATING.
0: <laughs> <laughs> YES, WE'RE JUST we're SUCH AN ENTERTAINING GROUP. Okay, then what I'm now concluding is that as presented, this is what we're gonna try for at least six months and see how it goes. Okay, then the next one is the size. And um, our bylaws call for 13 and um, I would like to propose that we move the membership to nine members. Um, in part, and I did a little survey. Um, I went, and you could do the same thing. I looked at at public agencies in California, so transportation boards, school boards, uh, transit boards, water boards, city councils, and um, the largest. We were the largest that I could find, and at 13, and LA Unified City Council had nine. So. I figured we'd have nine. So.
8: I like nine. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I would make a motion that we move to a nine member board and suggest to the Board of Supervisors that that's what we should be.
5: I, I don't mind nine either, although I recall, I mean, this predates, it was kind of coincident with my joining the board, that we had gone through a procedure to increase the increase the board size mm-hmm. in, the, in the recent past. And so I don't, I don't mind nine. I'm not saying that, no, we need 13 or whatever. But we did say in the recent past we wanted more.
11: Jim, I think it was because there was a feeling that, that we had so many committees and so much commitment <laughs> to going to committees that we needed more board members. But now we don't have any co- more committees. I mean, we're, you see what I mean. We're eliminating uh, the committees. So. Eloquently
5: stated, trustee. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. So, um, what I'd like to be able to do is to go ahead and approve this whole agenda item nine members and the committee structure as it is, and um, we're going to uh, we're going to delay the decision about the committee meeting, uh, the, the the dates the dates of the month on the committees after we do the, the doodle. Um, Can I have a motion to approve I'll make that motion. Thank you.
2: Before you get there, uh, (laughs) Trustee Lawrence, I was wondering if uh, perhaps your motion would intend that whatever proposal needs to be made to the Board of Supervisors with respect to the bylaws, that that would be incorporated by your motion. That way we don't necessarily have to come back into a separate action to send it on to the Board of Supervisors. Thank
0: you. That was lovely clarification.
2: Sorry, could you restate that? So if I had, you know, to, you know, re- the, the motion is to approve the proposed changes here and to take appropriate action and to recommend to the Board of Supervisors the necessary bylaw changes, and that could be directed through staff, and then that way it doesn't have to come back.
0: So the motion is approve the changes as presented or amended by discussion and give direction to the staff to begin implementation while changes are presented to supervisors for formal approval relative
9: to bylaws.
8: Yeah, that's my motion.
9: Anthony. Okay. I, 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 and maybe you're already saying this, but I think that we shouldn't go to the Board of Supervisors telling them what we think they should do. I think we should seek their uh, thoughts on the subject.
0: Uh, actually, Anthony, that's exactly And if, if, if that's the impression I gave, what I really wanted to make certain is that we united had some thought so that we weren't taking various various suggestions to the Board of Supervisors, but rather it came as a cohesive unit, and then they can modify, which is their power Mm -hmm. to do, and Mm -hmm. we can have that give and take. Yes, so I appreciate the the clarity. Okay, Um, can I call for a vote? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Okay, next agenda item.
4: If I, if I may, uh, um, Madam President, uh, before uh, Carly Denise and Mr. Foster uh, um, uh, present on this item, I just wanted to sort of uh, uh, preface it by saying that uh, obviously this is a follow-up to uh, uh, an agenda item last month that was a request for further sort of context that uh, they have worked on uh, in conjunction with the executive leadership. I, I hope that you will concur that this is uh, this uh, represents a uh, robust enough justification for the request. Um, I just parenthetically want to add that um, the the group, the, the leadership um, took to heart one of the comments that some of the board made about this, uh, redu- what will in effect be a reduction to the, uh, the communications and, and marketing plan for the organization, at least a budget for that. And uh, there is a sense amongst the leadership that uh, uh, it is, you know, a reduction is a responsible thing to do given our, our fiscal circumstances. However, as uh, the excellent work continues and our and our situation improves, uh, we we do see the mission alignment to this effort to the actual work that's being done, making sure that the communication reflects that and, and leverages it. So uh, if I could sort of put a caveat that uh, we're, we're at this time, Relative to the, the fiscal prudence, just seeking to um, continue the, the cons- your consideration for the reduced amount, um, uh, but would like to, at some point, if the circumstances dictate it, come back to you for further consideration um, uh, for enhancing the budget if uh, the situation continues to improve. But we're not doing that right now, so just a, sort of a footnote uh, for the future if that future pans out.
7: Okay,
4: with that, I'll. Turn it over
7: to the CD. Oh, great, and um, I'm actually going to turn it over to Vintage Foster. I think most of you have had the opportunity uh, to interact with Mr. Foster. He's been a part of our team for several years and runs AMF Media Group. At the last meeting, we presented to you a $1.25 million contract with AMF Media for our marketing um, expenses. The questions that came out of that discussion that resulted in us coming back to you were around is, it, is the reduction from 2.5 to 1.25 um, gonna impact our desired outcomes and goals? Is it enough money for us to actually have an impact in the market You know would we be better off not doing anything at all i mean how do we measure success from the previous campaigns and what are our competitors doing and so what we've done is pulled together um, just a very brief presentation that answers some of those questions Um, and then we will um, respectfully ask that you approve the 1.25 million dollar contract that was presented to this board in July, we very greatly appreciate the um, extension of his current contract um, to the amount of 600,000 through December, um, but again, in order for us to actually go to production and into market, we would need the remaining dollars uh, to fulfill the scope of work. So Mr. Foster, do you wanna walk through? Sure. So
13: before I begin, just, it's, not, it's out of my scope, but I should probably ask, I don't think anyone seconds your motion on that last item, for no one seconds your motion. So, I second the motion. Thank you. There you go. All right. There it is.
0: He whispered in my ear. Yeah. That's free.
13: That's part no part of your, your system. So um, I'm going to burn through the first Everybody's couple slides. Client, you know? <laughs> I'm going to burn through the first slides quickly. Uh, most of the board has seen these slides, but a couple of you haven't. So I thought I would just um, share with you what your call to action was with your agency. And I'm going to, in specific, answer two questions. Um, um, Trustee Varney asked, are we getting ROI? I'm paraphrasing this question. But what are we getting for the money? What are the results? And then I think the second question was, um, making a cut. What does the cut, uh, how does that impact us moving forward in the competitive landscape? So. I'll I'll take the first half to answer the results piece, the second half to answer the competitive piece. So in 2014, I'll just focus on the objectives. These were your objectives. You really wanted us to launch this new AHS brand. And we wanted to move away from this idea that we were a county hospital. And all the research said county was bad, but we had a strong system. And so we wanted to move to AHS, the Alameda Health System. And at the end of the day, what we wanted to do was is re- was retain as much as your patient population as possible. But also begin to be attractive to new patient population, i.e. the privately insured, once you got there and were ready to compete. So let me just say this. And so we launched an integrated campaign. So the call to action from you all, and we used the NRC ticker as the agreed upon measurements, was to grow our uh, recognition as a quality community health program from a 7.14, which was the starting point, to an 8.0. Now, the truth is, when we presented this to you back then, it was with 11 months. And so that 8.14, at 11 months, we said, hey, we exceeded it. We actually hit right a little bit above 8.0 once we got the full 12 months. But that's a dramatic number, and that's what you charged us to hit. We also saw your web traffic in that year grow by 148 percent. And at the time, I told you I've never seen that kind of growth before. We hit the we hit the uh, media coverage by 10 percent. That doesn't seem like a lot, but what you need to know is the year before. I think the number was like 48 or 58 percent. That's the year we put right in uh, fast company. That's the year. Um, You were uh, your whole system across the board was featured your maternal child health We had you on the cover of the Chronicle. We had you on the cover of the Oakland Tribune for good not for bad and we saw um, your perception uh, uh, improved patient employer Physician perception jump in a single year by 20% these are the results we presented to you back then as we moved into 2015 we started to have to address, and this is how we outlined it at the uh, at the beginning. We wanted to establish the AHS brand, and then we wanted to go into service initiatives. Your call to action for us was to help you really push movement and success, specifically in San Leandro Hospital, which we had repositioned in Alameda. And so, same thing with the strategies. We wanted to uh, full service media mix. We wanted to push. These hospitals, we still did work on Alameda Health System, but we started to get specific in pushing individual brands. On the uh, community enhancement, we went from an 8.0 to an 8.7, so we saw continued growth. Here's what happened on your web traffic. Alameda Health System, a year later, 102% growth, Highland 122. But I'm going to draw your attention to Alameda Hospital and San Leandro, which were targeted. 148% and 163% year-over-year growth for the measurement period. And on top of uh, the 10% the year before, we actually increased your media coverage by 40%. Again, these are the measurements that you asked us to track and we agreed upon. Now I'm going to just skip that. Uh, Well I'll let you look at it quickly. The big issue is new visitors. And I'm going to tell you why that's important. It's important because you asked us to really target San Leandro and and Alameda. This was your San Leandro campaign. This is what you saw during the time period for which that campaign ran. So in surgeries, you saw a 28% jump. In your ER visits, you saw a 12% jump, and in acute, you saw a 10% jump, and um, I want to say supervisor, I'm sorry, Trustee Varney, you specifically, that slide is in there for you, because you were asking, what does the media campaign, how does it impact the business? Now what I want to do, out of respect for our friends who run San Leandro, James is behind me. We don't want to say that all of that growth comes from your wonderful ad agency. That growth comes from the wonderful work that they are doing at San Leandro Hospital. But you will see that during the campaign, which dropped in November, you will see those results, are tracking. You will also see that at that same time period, we saw about an 80% jump in new visitors to the San Leandro site. Now, I'm going to talk to you about Alameda. Again, answering the question, what are the results? Alameda, same time, in the surgeries, you saw a 14% jump, ER visits 9, and acute 49%. Now, the one thing I'll note about this is that Alameda came in a little later. The website came in about this time. The campaign dropped, actually, around uh, January. So you can see that between the introduction of the new site and you see when the campaign hit, it we saw significant growth. One other thing that happened, when we get to around March, a little bit after March, the TV for Alameda drops off. It is still in market in uh, the movie theaters and also uh, Jerry in the buses. So we're still in market in Alameda because of the late start, but we also, it's not as it's not as heavy on tv but there in fact uh lie your results you've got great i'm sorry go ahead oh the
6: yeah no to your point i think when the Warrior season ended a lot of the TV ads seemed to end, or I'm not sure where else they would be, but they were, a lot of the Alameda Hospital ads, what, maybe that's the only station I watch, not really, but, but they were um, on the CSNBA channel.
13: So um, I'm gonna pull a question out of that observation and say that what we've done, that's okay, what we've done is really geo-targeted. Now, I kind of skipped that to, to get through the presentation quickly. But what we would do is we'd look at your market. I'm assuming you're from Alameda because I already know that. And we say, how do we target you? And we look at all the different cable buys. So we didn't buy, for instance, Channel 2 or Channel 5. But we would do geotargeting on your island. And so you, we did buy some Warriors games. But we also bought you know, Judge Judy and other things like that. And we bought things that would be on at 2 o'clock in the morning. But at the end of the day, we drove, we drove numbers, and um, I think it's been an incredibly successful campaign. Now, yes, ma'am?
3: How do, you, how do you measure community perception or that one thing that you were saying goes from seven sure. to eight?
13: So the answer is we don't. The NRC ticker does, which is what Alameda Health System used to subscribe to. And so um, it's a national measurement tool that a lot of the community hospitals use. So you subscribe to the service, we simply get the results annually. What is You want to take what is it?
7: So our goal was to improve um, the community's perception of Alameda Health System as a top-ranked community health provider, and they compare us to all the other hospitals in the region, Kaiser, Sutter, Stanford, and so our the way that it's measured is, did you increase your ranking or change your ranking relative to the other hospitals? So we improved our ranking by one. So we jumped over another hospital during the time that we were in market. So I don't have the exact numbers right here, but let's say Kaiser was two, Sutter was three, and we were four. We We displaced somebody and Kaiser was two, we were three, and Sutter was four. So R- ranking yeah.
0: and recognizable in and being recognized you mean not
7: yeah so it's a it's a so um, people serving it. their name exactly so folks could would recognize Alameda Health System as a top notch community health provider so when they're asked that question they're asking Can you name the top 5 or the top 6 excellent community health providers and they'll say Kaiser Sutter Alameda Health System Stanford Children's so if we're in that ranking then they calculate that, right? And we improved our ranking year over year. So we became more recognizable, more likely to be what they call top of mind when asked. And a full
13: percentage point, I mean, a full uh, basis point is huge. I mean, we, uh, I think you might remember uh, because you're on the board at the time, but. Uh, right I joking, because he said, you know, we're going to grow a full percent, uh, a basis point again, and I said, I don't think we can do it, but we can grow half a, a basis point, and we did. We, we went 0.7, um, but the other number, the two other numbers that aren't in this presentation, just because I didn't want to have overkill, but when we launched the campaign the first year, you had a 40% year-over-year brand increase in brand recognition, and you jumped in your ranking of six East Bay healthcare institutions from fifth to second behind Kaiser. Now, we haven't measured that in a couple years, but in that first year, you had that jump. The other number I'll share with you, and I hope I get this right, and I'll double check, but I think the number's 14%. You decreased by 14% as the healthcare institution of last resort, which is a great number because it means folks are no longer thinking you of, oh, that's the hospital you don't go to. And so, all across the board, you've seen both a brand increase, or let me say it a different way: you've increased in the value of your brand and value proposition, and now you're seeing volume increase when we target. I think
9: this works. I just have a question that. I understand, you know, you get uh, brand recognition, but when does brand recognition result in more people going to the hospital and actually getting medical services?
13: I I don't know how to answer this other than this slide. I mean, with all due respect, I keep giving you the numbers and you keep asking the same question. The numbers, can I answer your question? Sure. The numbers say that between the new visitors to your website the response to the advertising in the market, they're coming to your hospitals for more surgeries, more ER visits, and more, more acute care. OK,
9: well, let me, let me, uh, without you and I getting into a uh, another debate here, uh, I had a good friend of mine in San Leandro Hospital for about uh, three weeks. And I would go to San Leandro Hospital quite often. And uh, there was no, never anyone in the lobby, and there were very few people in the hospital uh, that I could identify because I always went to the same floor, I always walked down the same hall, and I could pretty much tell how many people were there. Now, now not as to get anybody upset. Sure. The person that was there got excellent service, and, and the nurses were great, the hospital was great, everything about it was great, but there weren't very many people there.
13: So. I, i you know,
9: sure. I'm, all I'm trying to do, I'm not trying to get an argument oh, with, with it's you. It's
13: okay. I don't, I don't even mind the argument. I'd well, we're not having an argument. I we're think exchanging it's information. Yes, I, I'm going to respond to I, your my exchange. question
9: to you was, you know, San Leandro started out with very few people in it when we took it over because it really wasn't functioning. Uh, so I don't know when you say that there was a a percentage increase, how many people that might have been.
13: So let me see if I can answer your questions. So um, I would caution you to make your measurements or draw conclusions based on individual observations. It's the hospital and the leadership that you employ that produce the reports. And what the reports say, that you went from a little less than a, James, make sure I get this right, but 120 surgeries to over 150? Uh, It says that you went from 2,600 ER visits to 3,000, and it also says that you went from about 37, as high as 47, but um, coming out to 42 in folks who, uh, I don't actually, I want thank you, for the daily census. So these are your numbers as an institution you give to us. I don't know that you want to, um, well that's, that's the best answer I can give you, sir. Yeah.
7: Trustee Paul. Varney, the other thing to note, and maybe there's a way we can do this, but it's very rarely done in the advertising and marketing world. I think what you're asking is there a direct correlation between what we do and spend on marketing and the outcomes we achieve. You know, I use Target as an example typically. They actually measure how many people come to Target based on advertising by putting codes on your coupons. Right, so you get the coupon in the mail, which is an advertisement, you show up and then they can count. But you know, there's not anything kind of equivalent to that in healthcare. We use the website to measure how many people are actually inquiring, interested. And it has not just an impact on patient volume, but also has an impact on our employment and HR recruitment and retention. There are many people in this room who came to us because of their desire to be a part of us and acknowledging familiarity with us. So it has multiple implications for our business in addition to retaining and recruiting new patients, also retaining and recruiting new employees, improving our business relationships and partnerships with organizations that wanna know that we're world class and that we have a respect for our brand. So I want Vintage to maybe finish the Presentation and then if the chair um, president um, allows we can have some more questions But he just has a couple more things to answer the previous questions that the board raised um, Before we want to do a deeper dive
13: You're telling us not to argue, so I'll keep going (laughs) So on the competitive landscape um, One of the other questions you asked and I think the board asked was so what's happening in the marketplace as we retract and uh, Spend less what's happening? And so what I did is I pulled from January to May, which I will tell you is prime advertising period uh, in this market for healthcare. And this is just healthcare. And what you saw is slightly o- in January, there were slightly over 10,000, and what we'll call them as instances, which is basically um, an advertisement, whether it be outdoor, whether it be a person seeing a Bart ad or a television or a radio camp ad. But in May, you'll see that the trend is that it was up at twenty to twenty thousand in a particular month, and so it's more than double. Now, if you look at where you were in 2015, your advertising spend in the market was actually um, even; it was actually about even once we made the uh, m- once we made the uh, budget adjustment. So. How's that compare? Well, if you look at children's, and this is spending just in the East Bay, which we will define as Contra Costa and Alameda County, Children's Hospital, two million, John Muir, two point three, just again Contra Costa and Alameda, Stanford, which now has operati- operations with Valley Care, uh, but just uh, in addition, if you put them together, they spend about one point four, Sutter, about six and a half, Kaiser, uh, again East Bay, not Bay Area. Um, just shy of uh, 12 million, and you spent, once we adjusted it, Jerry, we spent about 640, 780,000 after the adjustment. So you're being outspent, which we always knew we would be outspent, but you're being outspent in a market now that is growing in its spin to get consumers and patients. So, um, I'm going to just very quickly show you what we pitched for you in 2016. Again it's to grow your community perception, again it's to attract new patients and retain the current. We want to continue to push San Leandro and Alameda, but this year we want to promote the new tower and some of the service lines that go along with it. Some of those service lines are maternal child health and orthopedics. We also obviously want to support your new CEO. And this year, because things contracted, we are actually launching a more robust, or not I shouldn't say more, a new internal employee campaign so that your employees can see themselves as part of the top-rate, first-class set of solutions for healthcare. The beauty of that campaign is it's not only targeting your employees, but when your patients come in, they too will see the role that your employees, so it's, it's got two sides to it. But the primary emphasis is on the employee. And so, to final slide, the requested amount in your budget is 1.25. That's the middle category. Uh, If um, your um, finances are strong five, six months into the fiscal year, uh, we might come back and ask uh, the organization to uh, really be um, even With where you were last year, which is 2.5 million. And if so, that allows us to increase the media buy, that allows us to put your wellness campaign back in market, which was pulled out, and you do have capacity opportunities there now, Um, and um, to strengthen what we would do with Highland Hospital. So the request, as uh, was previously stated, is for you to approve the 1.2, but in an ideal world, we'd love to come back at a later date and get the 2.5.
0: Um, Trustee Jensen. Um,
6: to your last, your last comment. What what percentage of this contract um, of the funds go to media buys and other pass-throughs? Just uh, off.
13: The so top. let's see. Last year you did two point five. I think you're. I uh, no, you did two point. After the adjustment, I think you actually did two, two even maybe roughly. Now um, about. Um, 35 to 40 percent of that roughly went to uh, media buys you also spent an un. so so one of the things that happens with your contract is you don't budget crisis communications and so one year you might have you might spend five thousand dollars on crisis communications not so last year and so sometimes you have a high percentage of crisis communications or crisis management it's particularly high when you have um, union negotiations and other things like that. But to answer your question, roughly
0: 35%. Mr. Luciani. I have
5: three oh, I have um, two questions and a comment. Sure. Um, just for a point of comparison, how much would um, you know, Kaiser, the big bully on the block, how much would Kaiser be paying? Would, would they be spending?
10: He showed up. Well, oh,
13: just, sorry, yes,
5: eleven point six. Okay, thanks. Well, no,
13: actually, yes and no. That's what they spent on media. Okay. That's not what they spent on building the campaign and all of that. Mm-hmm. If I added that on, I'd say in the East Bay. Again, this is a guess, but I'd say you're probably spending fifteen to twenty million in the East Bay. Um, well, I think that's Bay Area. It might be Bay Area. And that's the tough part about Kaiser. There's so much overlap. Mm-hmm. But sure. um, my, yeah, that, okay. that would be, uh, let me say about 12 million.
5: Okay. Um, the comment is, I would, you know, when we do this and you come back and say, hey, here's the impact on surgeries or whatever, mm-hmm. I think you need to find a way to make the connection between the aid campaign and the surgeries. One way that I can think of is you ask the people yes. who got surgeries. I'll there, there are ways, I mean, there's never a perfect way to do it, but I think you'd have a more credible answer if you did stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, let me
13: address that. Um, and, and, and I want to say two things. One, I appreciate the hard questions. Um, I hope you appreciate that you have an ad- agency that fights for you. But at the beginning of this relationship, we said to you, you do not spend enough money to allocate measurement. So you need to do one of two things. You need to spend more money and add a measurement component, or you need to use tools like the ones you have, which is let's look at historical volume. Let's compare that historical volume to same time once you implement a campaign, which is what we're doing. But if you want to put in a measurement tool, you just took $50,000 to $75,000 out your ad buy. I would recommend against that. You don't spend enough to do that. So if you think there's a better tool, and maybe we can develop better tools, but in my business, same time sales, once you add a campaign, that gives you historical data, and you can look at what the impact of a campaign is.
0: That that doesn't ring for me, because what you're saying is that if I want to have good data, I have to spend a whole lot in order to get the good data. And I believe that there are ways in which you can look at a different way to get data. And if you're saying, well, you take out 750000 or whatever it happens to be, th- that seems to me to be a better expenditure because I know then what I'm getting for my buck as opposed to spending a million five or whatever it is and guessing.
13: Um, yeah, yeah, I hear and you. And so,
0: uh, that your argument doesn't hold water for me um, in that particular question.
7: So, sure. Trustee um, uh, Lawrence and Lugiani, I actually and do and respectfully disagree just a little bit with my colleague. We can find a way to um, quantify at some level, even if it's some qualitative work, um, the exposure our patients have had to the campaign and the likelihood that that may or may not have made an impact in their decision. I think we can be creative and look for some ways. And in this first year, it might be very rough. Um, We've used in the past, like I said, the NRC ticker and other tools, which are very expensive, um, and didn't really give us the answer to the question that Trustee Varney is asking. But I'm committed to, at least exploring some options that would enable us to figure out how many of our patients have actually seen or witnessed, you know, some of the brand campaign commercial, um, and whether or not that had any impact or influence. Um, again, I don't know how relevant it is because it's, it's not something that's typically done in a healthcare setting or environment, but if it's important to the board, I do think it's worth our time to at least brainstorm some ideas.
0: Well, th- thank you for saying that, C.D. Um, y- you know, it's not—it's not just important to the board. I think I think when one is spending this kind of money, whatever, whether it's in, you know, tissue paper or whatever, you've got to have some measurement that it is an effective product and. Well, I appreciate the, the data, statistics, because there are no broad numbers here. I don't know where you started. It doesn't mean anything to me when we've improved 148% when you don't know what the base, when the base was or what, you know, five people can move this thing up 148% if you started at zero. So it doesn't tell me anything. And I see the campaign. I know we're out there working. You know, I see it. I see. I'm up late, I see it on those things. And so I'm, I'm proud of that stuff. But if we want to continue to spend the money in this way, we have to find a way in which to, to understand whether or not we're getting the bang for our buck. And I think that's exactly what, what Trustee Varney is saying. Absolutely. and And he's said it in a couple different ways. And,
7: and we actually do, from the first two years, have pretty robust uh, metrics. On how our perception, how the community's perception of the organization has changed. Um, and in every different way, you could slice that pie relative to our peers in the market. So we can do that. I think what I'm struggling with is in a healthcare environment, it's often difficult to make a direct correlation between I saw a TV commercial, when I got sick, I chose to go. San Leandro because there's so many different factors or variables that go into someone's health care decision, including where their insurance is, et cetera. And so targeting and being in market is not just about driving someone to act in a particular instance. It's being known and recognized in a way that has sometimes just non-measurable impact and so I don't want to dismiss, I actually think Trustee Varney's question is an incredibly important one and trust me, we have spent (laughs) weeks and weeks and weeks trying to figure out how to dissect it without giving you a three hour presentation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do think it's an important question and we'll do our homework on that.
0: Trustee trustee Hernandez and then uh, um, Banerjee.
7: Let me just address one thing. Um, So
13: we can and we have in the past, um, we just didn't do it here, so when you talk about that percentage growth, we can give you raw numbers. And so th- that sort of thing is not elusive for us. But when you talk about, historically, when you talk about the measurement of an advertising campaign with consumers, and you, and you measure it to a degree that you factor out a um, statistical variance that doesn't um, undermine it, those things are incredibly expensive. And so, it's not that we didn't say how do we measure the effect of this and the impact. What we did is we said we came to the organization and said there are a number of ways to do it. Here's one way, here's two, the second, and here's the third. The third was too expensive. The organization decided that the tracking mechanisms were based off the NRC ticker. The tracking mechanisms were how do, how do we respond off the website and PR hits. That, that was the answer. What I tried to do today, it sounds like perhaps not as effectively as I'd like, is how do you convert that to butts in beds? How do you convert that to folks walking through the door? So what we did is we said we knew there were two hospitals that we targeted that we did not target last year and that we did not target in the previous six months. How does the market respond once those campaigns are in market? And that's the data you're looking at. That's the best we can do on the back end. But yes, if you make a conscious decision to put in a different set of measurement tools, we'll work all day with you on that. Thank you,
12: Maria. So um, this isn't a question about the proposal per se, but it is maybe more of a comment. Um, I do appreciate the hard work that this represents. I do not watch enough late night TV (laughs) to actually see all of the ads. Um, But the one thing that I am, curious about is how often we're featuring our own stellar employees or stellar events or mission moments um, because I think that that does two things for us. It does get the word out that we have really great people here who are wonderful with their work with uh, a variety of health issues. Um, But the other is it allows our employees to feel really proud of the people that work here and so, if there's any efficiencies in this for the year ahead, m- my comment and observation is that it works really well when we have real people pressing the flesh by TV or our own selves personally going out to events. As sure. you know, that sure. I enjoy doing that with you. Um, I think that's an important thing for us to be doing. So, so the
13: um, so two things. One, if you ask me, hey, vintage, what have we not? done well. I would say that. I would say we have not done as well for you in putting your employees forward, except on PR. We have pushed initiatives, we've pushed your care providers, uh, we've pushed some of your programs. Um, In the competition for resources, just like we have brought forth measurement tools, we've said, um, here's an internal campaign past couple years that's fallen off the table because of the fight for resources in in an individual campaign. If you ask me where I failed you, it's I should have fought harder on that. That's where we failed you. Um, And so when we looked at the um, contracted uh, campaign this year and where we could get the best bang for our buck, we said if we go to the internal campaign and we know that one of the big objectives is patient retention, then while they're in the building, not only are we serving your employees, but they too will see the positive impact your employees have on quality health care experiences. So I agree with you 100%. So, vintage, we're vintage. running out of time. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, and Trustee Banerjee,
3: you, thank you. You might have mentioned this earlier. Are any of these uh, campaigns ad, ads in Spanish as well? Or are they only English?
13: So we have. I think we have had isolated times where we have done some conversion. But primarily, they're in English. Again, same deal. You only have so much of a buy. And so uh, I would say 99% of your effort, 95%, 98% of your efforts are English only.
7: But I will add two things. And I think it's important, and we'll wrap up. One is that in the TV, we actually did, if not 75%, minimum 50% of the actors were actual real people. And so I I don't know if you've heard the story of Dr. Rosenthal. And we He saw himself on a billboard and took a picture and sent it to his mom. And he said that was the day his mom said he was proud of him when she (laughs) saw him on a bus back. So I mean, we use real people. We're not using actors in the TV commercials. We did use actor for radio because people can't see and they need to recognize the voice. Um, well, we do use some actors. But Right, yeah, but, but the second piece to your point, too, is that we have in this campaign a direct mail campaign we're going to do for the first time, and in that direct mail campaign there are two opportunities that will address some of the things. We actually can do some surveying around how many people got a direct mail and if there's a correlation between that and increased um, emergency department use at San Leandro. Um, and it also gives us an opportunity to do some language translation, which we haven't been able to do before. So in this campaign that we have built in, we have direct mail that will help us do some targeted marketing in San Leandro, measure the correlation between that and ED volume increase, as well as do some language translation. Okay. So thank you, Vintage, very okay. much. I truly appreciate you, you coming. Thank you, appreciate
0: it. Um, um, I'll second. Aye. 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 Post. Thank you.
4: Uh, finance. <laughs> Mr. Cox? Yes. Mr. Cox.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. A, Would you um, like to give us a finance monthly financial update?
14: I will. And can I get the? There it is. Uh, you have an addendum with the material <coughs> I'm going to cover. There's a written report, and then the uh, PowerPoint summarizes that. <coughs> um, Relatively brief, Uh, we're reporting for the month of July. There is a $725,000 profit, which was just below budget, but pretty close. Uh, Volumes have been at or above budget. Uh, Revenue cycle, collection rates have been good. Cash collections were very good in uh, July. And um, expenses were pretty much in line with budget and with volumes. Uh, We're just getting the August results in. We expect them to be similar. Um, There'll be profitability, actually, about $2 million of profit, which is what the budget Uh, called for. Um, We um, remain in compliance with uh, the county agreement. Uh, We're discussing um, the terms of the permanent agreement. And uh, we'll show you in a minute the new metrics report that's being provided on a monthly basis. Uh, A couple of other issues to be aware of, and these were discussed at the the, uh, finance committee. Uh, We're looking carefully at the um, uh, allocations to Alameda Health System from the Acera Pension Program. We think there may be uh, uh, over allocation and we're trying to quantify that uh, so we can have further discussions around that. And um, I just report that contract negotiations um, are going on with several entities, including uh, Kaiser, CHCN, Alameda Alliance, uh, Aetna, and we got a call today from uh, Humana for Behavioral Health Services. Um, the performance improvement initiatives uh, continue. The Finance Committee received a extensive presentation with some of the people that are actually doing the work, uh, which was a lot of fun for everybody. Uh, and then the uh, Better 2 Performance Improvement is, is um, uh, which of course is gonna complete at the end of this calendar year is, uh, we're currently targeting uh, savings of about 12 million by the time we end that. The, the big initiative uh, going on right now is the rollout of the productivity management system for our nursing staff. Um, <clears throat> this is um, a new report that we've developed. This was in response to the uh, committee's request for a, a simple way to understand budget variances. Uh, and what I'd like to point out is it's called a heat map because um, uh, it shows, um, you know, at a glance, uh, you look at red, those are things that are below budget, and green, things that are positive to budget. Um, the um, um, the other thing we're doing is we're kind of down the left side, we're breaking the variances down into volume indicators, revenue yield, expenses, and then overall performance, and then we break out the um, performance by business unit, and then all the way at the right, the uh, consolidated performance of the organization, and it basically reflects that we're we're on budget, but there's some some pluses and minuses going on, and so we'll uh, we'll continue to refine this as we we go forward, and then uh, finally, this is the. Um, the actual metrics report that is now being provided to the county. Uh, This is of course for the month of June. Um, We will be providing these on a current basis. We've been working on connecting all the dots to gather this information from throughout the system. But essentially what we're doing is it's similar to the other one in that we're showing the business units across the top. And then down the left side, these are now, these indicators are grouped by our five uh, pillars, access, sustainability, uh, quality safety and uh, workforce engagement. So uh, I'm not going to go through all the the uh, details at this point But we'll continue to provide this on a, on a recurring basis. I think that concludes
0: Well, thank you um, board what what this board meeting and unfortunately it didn't get into the packet and David's report didn't get into the packet early enough but we want we will in fact um, correct that so that you have an opportunity to look at these figures and then call David um, if, the, if you have questions about this and I, I would say that about any item that's on the agenda if there are issues that you think are unclear then I want to encourage you to pick up the telephone and call one of the staff members so that our meetings can flow a little more uh, a little more quickly okay um, moving on to the Toyon report please
6: Yes. I have a question for David and mm-hmm. Dave, both about um, ICD-10. I, uh, you call it an opportunity. Our CFO calls it an opportunity in your report to capture physician revenue. Or mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. You, um, you note that ICD-10 compliance will come with the new Ingenious Med. Yes. Is this kicking off with ICD-10 Ingenious Med, or is it?
14: Um, well, they're they're going together, <clears throat> and uh, the the beauty of Ingenious Meds is it's an ICD-10 compliant program, and essentially what it is is um, an ability for a physician to enter their charges electronically, and it walks them through the, the key questions that they need to answer to be ICD and ICD-10 compliant, and it gets them off paper.
6: So it helps them to. So ideally, this will be advantageous and attractive to physicians because it will help them to determine what code to use and it will be advantageous to capturing the, the charges because it's electronic, right?
14: Uh, that, that's correct. And it's organized in, a, in an easy manner that walks them through the, the key questions in a logical format and they, dro- and they hit the drop-down box and pick the right uh, answer. So has there been the right
6: any training already? or I know ICD-10 yeah, yes. happens in about 10 days from now, right? Uh, yeah, so.
14: there, there's been extensive and ongoing training.
6: How do you feel about that, Dave? Yes, yeah, the, the system
5: is already live, so physicians are using it today uh-huh. uh, in their system. And so it, they've been using it actually since about the big, middle of July. We did our first phase kickoff. Uh, so all physicians will, that need to use the system, would be using it before October 1st. The uh, system's up and running. It is improving their processes. Uh, extensive training did occur with that.
6: You're, so you're getting positive feedback from they, not only from finance, it. but... The doctors love oh, it. Oh, good. So... If the doctors love it and and our CFO loves it and it's not a burden for IT, then it's all good, right?
14: It's a win-win-win. <laughs> cool. Thank, you. Thank you. Okay, um, regarding the Toron report, so since we covered this uh, subject last, we've met with uh, healthcare service agency. We've gone through the report. There are a lot of questions. Uh, we're refining the responses. Um, I believe that. Um, Healthcare services would like the opportunity to ask a few more questions and come back and look at some of the data. So um, I think we could probably uh, have a full report ready for you in, in a month or so.
0: Okay. Were you going to in introduce anybody who was going to give us an, an update, or
14: uh, I'd be happy to introduce Rebecca Gephardt. I saw I was expecting to see her name on this item, and she had to go. I'm sorry. She so oh, she left already. I'm sorry. She
0: in the room to see okay. Where she went okay
14: okay so i apologize for that but uh, okay. I, I think that she was prepared to talk tonight but yes i thought
0: yeah. she was too okay. so and, she was
4: and i apologize too for the agenda we we did coordinate that they would uh sort of co-present this and somehow her name got left off but she was prepared obviously to to do that uh but yeah. time but uh, the
14: the comments i just provided uh, i tried to paraphrase paraphrase what she told me she was going to well, say well
0: would you say it in a little more in in depth so when you had before issues of completed, Mm -hmm. um, my questions were to her and I suppose to you, what what does completed mean? Does that mean that it's been contracted and ready to implement or that it is now, it's systemically implemented and everybody is using? And those were many of those items that were on that list and said completed, completed, completed and So, I was concerned about whose perspective completed was and...
14: Well, I think in terms of the definition of completed, um, the the definition of that is it's done. But however, based on that discussion, we felt like many of these things were not completed. They were more in process and probably will be in process, Uh, some of them uh, almost in perpetuity. But um, I think uh, what we wanted to do is come back and provide a fuller description of the progress that's been made What's outstanding and, so, and any barriers that remain.
0: So, it can, is, is your intention mm-hmm. to have that on the October mm-hmm. agenda?
4: Um, I believe it would be ready by then. Uh, the October I- is a retreat if you, if you want to add it as a retreat. That's right. oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think November was okay. what we were talking right. yeah. we'll,
0: Then we'll do it for the November agenda. But let's, um, Susanna, let's make certain that, that we, we have that as one of the items to bring back. Uh, uh, we have board members who, who definitely want to hear that. Absolutely. Okay, that's right.
4: (laughs) They start in November. So (laughs) yes, well, at least we're targeting November for a start. Yes, I should say.
5: Are you going to get cots and everything?
0: Okay. um, I'm moving to you, Delvecchio, for your HQHC
4: update. Uh, Okay, FQHC. But you know, we're not short of acronyms, so that probably stands for something too. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't have a clicker, so. if I could get that, thank you. Technical term clicker. Thank you. Okay, I'll try not to mess this up uh, and I'll, I'll try to move us along uh, uh, in the interest of time here. Um, this is, uh, board members, just a uh, sort of an interim report to let you know the current status of things after the uh, HRSA site visit uh, that happened for our FQHC status at 330H. Uh, uh, Grantee status—that is our collaborative uh, FQHC status with the county and and a couple of other uh, partners. Um, there, as you'll note, when I sort of uh, move along expeditiously here, one of the big items with respect to the review is uh, the governance. That's an outstanding question. Um, we certainly wanted, as as given that this is a uh, uh, you know a, a very important matter, wanted to give you an early update on on where things stand uh, and make sure that you kind of understand the trajectory for. Uh, THE CONSULTATION THAT WE'RE GETTING ON THIS, THAT WE WOULD BRING TO YOU uh, FOR CONSIDERATION, WORKING IN PARTNERSHIP WITH THE uh, the ADMINISTRATIVE STAFF FROM THE COUNTY WHO WOULD CONCURRENTLY ALSO TAKE IT TO THE BOARD OF SUPERVISORS, AND THEN add, add, THIS WILL coalesce AROUND SOME JOINT DISCUSSION AROUND A SET OF RECOMMENDATIONS THAT WE uh, BRING FOR YOUR CONSIDERATION FOR uh, WAYS IN WHICH TO ADDRESS THIS OUTSTANDING, uh, 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 area of correction for the organization. So, with that, just to say really briefly, uh, the the site visit happened in I want to say late July. Um, uh, it was before I came on board, but I was kind of tracking it, understanding the importance of the uh, the matter for our organization. Three three of us came. Um, I can just say in uh, synopsis, it was a very uh, well. Uh, um, well-regarded site visit. The reviewers came and they were looking at nineteen elements of the program compliance. Uh, uh, they met with a lot of different stakeholders involved. Uh, the the areas of compliance involved things like needs, uh, services, management, finance, basically how we're carrying out the program and the governance. Um, the homeless center, as I was saying, is uh, it includes us as elementary health center uh, systems. I'm sorry, the uh, the uh, healthcare uh, for the homeless program that's based out of the. Um, um, COUNTY HEALTH SERVICES ADMINISTRATION GROUP, um, AND THEN A COUPLE OF OTHER CONTRACTORS. Uh, WE WORK WITH THE PROGRAM AND and, uh, THE SITE VISITORS TO LOOK AT 19 REQUIREMENTS, AND I'M HAPPY TO SAY THAT WE MET 15 Uh, WE WERE DEEMED COMPLIANT WITH 15 OF THE 19 REQUIREMENTS, um, AND uh, SORT OF AS A CONTEXT THAT WAS DEEMED AS PERFORMING BETTER THAN THE NATIONAL AND CALIFORNIA AVERAGES FOR these SITE VISITS THAT THEY'VE BEEN CONDUCTING AROUND THE COUNTRY. Uh, THEY GAVE US A LOT OF POSITIVE FEEDBACK IN A COUPLE OF AREAS. I'LL I'll CITE A FEW uh, LANGUAGES. THEY WERE VERY IMPRESSED WITH THE Uh, signage um, in in our um, centers um, and that the signage was uh, interpreted in up to eight languages and that we had in-house interpreter services program that could provide such a wide range of uh, interpreter services for our patients. Uh, Certainly, plenty of safeguards in place of the financial system was something that a lot of work and effort went into of which we were uh, pleased that they they saw that as well as, as well as the others listed here. Uh, Some of the unmet findings, so the remaining four, uh, quality improvement and quality assurance plan, Um, essentially the feedback was that all of the elements were in place, but we needed to sort of formalize it in a structure that that was consistent with their sort of standards. Uh, Billing and collection, uh, actually more of an opportunity, but certainly a a requirement uh, that we needed to submit, or we need to submit for Medicare FQHC uh, uh, status, so that we can also um, uh, avail ourselves of the special Medicare, Medicare FQHC rates. Uh, the scope of the project, and this is essentially uh, the the um, the type of federally qualified health center status that we have that's around the homeless uh, program. We needed to op- update the scope that we have, uh, uh, the scope of the services that we offer to reflect the actual sites where these services are rendered. Uh, and then in and, and all three of those, I should say, uh, there's been a, you know, a very robust Activity, amount of activity and debriefing along amongst the uh, stakeholders. We feel very comfortable that the plan of correction that's already in place uh, or in process for those three will, will satisfy the uh, the areas of opportunity. The fourth one is the board authority that um, under the, the new requirements uh, we were deemed um, the county and AHS uh, to no longer meet the requirements for the status. Uh, one of the Uh, main things I recall and I have some colleagues here from the county uh, who who can uh, opine on this as well as folks here in the system as well but one of the issues was around the board constitution and and makeup uh, uh, particularly in this status I think there was a uh, requirement for representation from the homeless community whether that was an actual client or an advocate in the homeless community and some other sort of uh, guidance around how the board conducts the governance oversight of this particular program that uh, that we were deemed to no, no longer to be in compliance with. Uh, We had a sort of early heads up that this might be a big issue for us, so uh, to that end, we had already um, uh, collectively with the county engaged uh, two two external consultants who work in this space uh, to help uh, uh, other organizations to help us out, uh, two consultants, HFS and Pacific Healthcare Consulting Group. Um, So uh, of the remaining issues, the primary issue is the governance one and our options. Um, INCLUDE MODIFICATIONS TO THE BOARD AND COMMUNITY ADVISORY BOARDS uh, uh, TO MEET THE MEMBERSHIP REQUIREMENTS BUT WE'RE NOT LANDING ON ANYTHING YET THAT WILL BE DONE OBVIOUSLY WITH YOUR uh, INPUT AND PARTICIPATION uh, SINCE IT HAS a, a MATERIAL IMPACT ON on um, OUR OVERALL GOVERNANCE FOR AHS. Uh, THERE ARE OTHER ISSUES AS I MENTIONED uh, THAT WE THINK WE'RE TRACKING VERY NICELY ON AND WE WILL MORE THAN uh, uh, WE FEEL COMFORTABLE THAT WE'LL MEET THE the uh, STANDARDS THERE. SO it, it, BY WAY OF TIMELINE, SO YOU CAN UNDERSTAND WHERE THERE ARE POINTS OF uh, um, uh, INPUT HERE FOR for THIS BOARD. Um, THE REVIEW, I STAND CORRECTLY, HAPPENED AT THE uh, MIDDLE OF AUGUST, uh, AUGUST 18TH TO 31ST. WE'RE EXPECTING TO ACTUALLY RECEIVE THE FORMAL REPORT, WHICH WE HAVEN'T RECEIVED YET, uh, IN uh, SOMETIME NEXT MONTH AT THE EARLIEST. Uh, THEY DON'T NECESSARILY HAVE A uh, Actually, I can't recall. Perhaps they do, but but sometimes with the feds, uh, you just have to wait until they, they uh, produce those reports. So everything we know about our noncompliance is as a result of the sort of uh, the closed uh, verbal report. Um, uh, when we do get it, we're expected, as you can see here, to go through the process of doing the uh, analysis. We're expecting to get from our consultants. Uh, we get a notice of a reward um, uh, award um, in November at the earliest. That has those conditions outlined. At which point we're expected to submit a plan of correction. Um, we're we're proposing that we would actually provide to you around that same time the analysis and the recommendations from the consultants for your consideration. Uh, and then, subject to scheduling and coordination, we would um, probably uh, take the route of having a joint um, board of trustee, county board of supervisor retreat to consider those recommendations. Uh, probably can be a really because it's topical in nature, uh, a you know a pretty succinct uh, retreat. Not two days um, and then we would go from there subject to the agreement for for those uh, the direction to submit that plan of correction get uh, um, approval from HERSA, and uh, hopefully be able to uh, wrap that up around uh, August of next year which would be consistent with the timeline that they expect us to get it done in so those are the steps and sort of the points and I just wanted to kind of let you know about that uh, early so that you know what to anticipate coming forward any
0: questions
6: um, what were there findings in our previous survey? In three or four years ago? No. Long time uh, back? Yeah. Okay.
7: Did you hear that? So yeah,
6: the in a long time. So in and you anticipate that these the the corrections look fairly um, routine. Yes, correct. Yeah,
4: uh, all except the governance one, which is a, a little bit more complex. Uh, the rest of them, uh, uh, yeah, we're not that far from being okay. in compliance. Yes, thank you.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, let's move on to and Dr. Walker left, but I did want to comment and thank him for for attending and hanging in there with us. Um, so, um, any questions on any of the doctor reports since?
11: There are no medical staff reports, are there? No,
0: they're not, but Dr. Walker was here, and so I assumed that he would give one, but he's gone. So we'll pass that. Um, And any questions on the committee reports? Thank you for getting those in on time. I appreciate it. and the information I did want to I did want to compliment our uh, media report. I think it was really quite comprehensive and thorough. And I know they did a lot of lot of work. And thank you, Jerry, very much. It was really a good good report. So thank you on that one. Um, also, um, that um, Terry Lightfoot on the legislative report very very informative. Do board, have any questions relative to that report? No, but it's nice to know the update on our um, our pieces of legislation coming through, and it's very helpful so thank you staff for for your support in getting those things in. Um, do we have any cards for any public comment? All right, we don't have any co- public comment um, anything any final comments from board members? I apologize for the length of the meeting, and it wasn't quite as efficient as I had hoped but um I think we've already reported on the action taken and closed. So I will have a motion to close the meeting. Move. Second. All in favor? Aye.
5: Meetings closed.